0: Hello, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our mission in this world is clear. We're here to love God and love people. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So our sermon uh, title today is Fresh Start. Can you say those two words with me? Fresh Start. Let's say it again. Fresh Start. I don't know about you, but I love those two words. Uh, yeah? Yeah? It's always good to have a fresh start, and New Year's comes with that perfect excuse to have a fresh start. So I hope you had a good uh, Christmas and uh, a good New Year's, and uh, I know that um, the people that are spiritual came to the first service because they went to bed at nine, and the party animals are right here, right here, right? So the East Coast uh, New Year's people, first service, party or second service. No, it is good to have you here. Uh, I had a a good uh, Christmas season, a little different. You know, when you have kids that are older, uh, you know, the, the presents aren't as cool. Are you with me? Like part of what I liked as a dad, uh, I liked building all those toys the night before. You know, Uh, I don't get to do that anymore. But that's not true because now I'm a papa. That means grandpa. And so I didn't know this. I had so much fun watching little Taylor at almost two years old open up her presents because like half of her presents I want to play with. You remember those Fisher-Price... Like, little people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got it. Don't be jealous. Don't be haters. She got the whole farm set. And literally, I grabbed it from her, and I was like, I want to play. Yeah? But I brought one of the toys she got. She got this really cool toy. Like this, is, like, this is like the modern version of Etch-A-Sketch. So, right? Like, look at this. Look at that. It's amazing. Online, I know you're jealous. And then you take these things. Okay, Hold on to your purple seat. Look at that. I mean, it's like the perfect the perfect square, perfect triangle. I know I could do this for the next half hour. But anyways, so, so what does this have to do with our sermon? Uh-oh. See, I'm already messing up Taylor's toys. So you got all this stuff. Thank you so much. Not only can you play the bass. <laughs> Thank you, Walter. <laughs> fresh start, fresh start. I'm going to rewind. No, 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 no. Okay. So so you got all this stuff, but you know what's really cool? See this lever right here? Watch, watch. Hold on your purple seat. Watch, watch. Online? Yeah. Yeah, that's really happening. Look at that. Do you see? It's a clean slate. So just moments ago, I had all this junk on here and then I was able to just go whoosh, and it's gone. And you know what? I wish like life was like that sometimes. Amen. Don't you wish that it was easy as an Etch-a-Sketch where you just shook it like this, and now it's even easier. You just go, sh. And all of a sudden, all this messiness, you could just wipe it away in one shake or one sweat. And I think about it. It's like with the Etch-a-Sketch, you know, you do all that kind of stuff. And I was showing Easton's like, what's an Etch-a-Sketch? And I had to Google it, and I showed him. Like, do you remember you would do all that stuff, and then you'd mess it up, and you'd shake and start all over again? I want some do-overs in life. How about you? I, I, I want some fresh starts in life. And I want to tell you, we just read a scripture that tells us that we can have a fresh start in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new is come in Christ Jesus. That's an incredible promise. And so we can have a fresh start. And it doesn't just happen on January 1st of every year. But in Christ, we can have a fresh start every year. Every day. Every hour. And so that's what I want us to think about. And it's going to be a short sermon and you'll see why. But, but I love this idea. Father, help me to communicate your words today. God, there are people, if not every person that's watching online or sitting here in this room that need a fresh start. Maybe in this last week, because of the year ending, we were thinking about relationships. We were thinking about choices we've made. We were thinking about finances. We were thinking about health. We were thinking about church. We were thinking about all sorts of things. God, may we find ourselves in your lap and you just kind of shake us a little bit and help us know that we can have a fresh start. That we, we could change. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, let's jump into God's word, Philippians. Philippians chapter three, verse 10. I'd encourage you, we're just gonna run through it here today. But maybe this is what you need to meditate on today. Maybe this is what you need to meditate on this week. You see, Paul wrote this letter. Paul was a changed man. You wanna read about his life change? You could go to Acts chapter nine and you'll see Paul's conversion from Saul to Paul. God shook him and his life changed. He wrote probably two thirds of the New Testament or at least the epistles, I should say. And and God did a thing in his life, and now he's at the end of his life. He's in prison when he wrote this letter. He's in prison because of preaching the gospel. He doesn't know if he's going to die the next day. Literally, his hands or his lifers are in the hands of men that really don't give a rip about him. So he's penning this letter. And in the middle of the letter, he writes this in verse 10, chapter 3. I want to know Christ. Now, stop and think about that. I, I just painted a little bit of a picture, but he's going through all kinds of chaos. He's, gonna, he's gonna going gonna probably through all kinds of evaluation, reflection. Maybe there's anger in his heart. Maybe there's joy in his heart. Maybe there's confusion in his heart. Maybe there's frustration in his heart. I mean, he's penning this letter in prison for doing what's right. And yet we see his heart. He says what? I want to know Christ. Will you share those words with me right now? Ready? I want to know Christ. Let's say it again. I want to know Christ. One more time. I want to know Christ. Now we know that that's Paul's desire, but here's my question for myself and for you and for those of you online. Is that true of your life? Do you want to know Christ? You're like, eh, I was born in the church. Of course I want to know Christ. I know him. Or there's people here today that you got forced. (laughs) It's like someone drug you into church and this isn't even on your radar. And I say, I'm glad you're here. And you're like, I didn't even repeat those words. I don't want to know Christ. That represents confusion. That that represents uh, anger. That represents uh, an angry God or whatever, disappointment. But I, I want to ask you, do you want to know Christ? And I would challenge you, the Christian, especially the one that has grown up in the church. You have not arrived You've not arrived. You see, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the epistles, Paul, who changed this world, probably the greatest missionary outside of Jesus Christ himself, he's sitting here at the end of his life, and he goes, I want to know you more. So if Paul wants to know him more, there's more for us to know, amen? And so if you're taking notes, write this down. My encouragement, this is just my opinion, my encouragement is the most important thing for you in 2023 is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ more than you do today. Now, if you have a goal of losing weight or gaining weight, (laughs) I had the goal of gaining weight last year. I did pretty good. No. But if you have the goal of losing weight, gaining weight, if you have the goal of, of working out, if you have the goal of um, getting out of debt, if you have the goal of uh, reconciling a relationship, if you have the goal of having a clean house, if you have the, whatever your goals are, you know, getting promoted at work, all every one of those things that I just shared, I think those, those are good things. But what I want to say, and I'm a little prejudiced, but I think I'm right. I want to say that knowing Christ is above all. Like it's an umbrella over everything. So if you want to be a better parent, I think that the, the goal is to know Christ more and you're going to be a better parent. Doesn't mean you're going to be the perfect parent, right? If you want to have a better marriage, I think knowing Christ is going to help you have a better marriage. If you want to be a better single person, knowing Christ is going to help you be that. If you want to get your finances in order, knowing Christ is going to be the key to having better finances. Does this all make sense? Like this is, this is it. And Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in suffering, becoming like him in death and so somehow obtaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already already obtained all this or have already uh, arrived at my goal, but I what? I press. That means he has to work at it. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. He says this. It's like Curly and City Slickers. The one thing, the one thing I do, forgetting, isn't that interesting of all the things he could say, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, knowing Christ is, doesn't happen through osmosis. Knowing Christ means we have to put some work into it, amen. It's just like any relationship. It takes two to tango. It takes an effort on both sides. And Jesus says, "I'm willing to have relationship with you, are you? I'm making time for you. Are you making time for me?" So, what does knowing Christ more look like? There's some practical things. One is I've shared with you a month ago, this book is about Jesus. The Old Testament is all about Jesus is coming. The first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels is Jesus is here. And the rest of the Bible is about Jesus is coming. So this book is about who? This book is about Jesus. So if you want to get to know Jesus more, you got to get to know the Bible more. Amen? Amen. And if you want to specifically know Jesus and how we interacted with people and how we dealt with anger and how we dealt with loss and how we dealt with annoying people (laughs) and how we dealt with just uh, needing to have some self-care and all that kind of stuff, you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So what I always say is read the Bible. Don't start in Leviticus or Numbers for the first time. But I would start in the book of John. And some of you have been here long enough and you go, wow, I've done that. So what else would you say? Well, if not the book of John to start off with, I'd say the book of James. It's a good practical book. And if you don't have a Bible on your way out, grab a Bible from one of those bookshelves and that Bible's yours. Just, I ask that you start reading it. It'll change your life for the better. Do you, do you want to know Christ? Well, read the Bible and then prayer. And again, I've preached on prayer a billion times. There's a ton of books written on prayer. But prayer is really simple. And sometimes we make it really complex. Is it dear Heavenly Father? Is it dear Jesus? Is it dear? Just talk to Jesus. Just talk to him. If you're ticked off at him, tell him. If you're happy with him, tell him. Just share your heart. He's big enough to handle it. Why is it that when we talk to each other, we talk one way, and then all of a sudden we have this heavenly talk that we, and Jesus's like, what? Who are you? <laughs> dear Heavenly Father, thou lovest thee thus so much. It's like, okay. You want to get to know Jesus more, hang out with Him, talk to Him, And then practically, I'd say this year, get in a life group. If you're not in a life group, here's the deal. You need a life group, and the life group needs you. As As a church gets bigger, we need to get smaller. And I'm a part of a life group. Literally, we do life together. And we've gone through a lot of good together, and we've gone through a lot of hard together. And it's nice because you just have this group that can love up on each other. I, as your pastor, your lead pastor, I can't love up on a thousand plus people that call this their home. So that's one way you get to know Christ more. The last thing I'd say is serving. You know, one of the good things that happened out of the Christmas village, there's a lot of good things. One of the things is, um, the vendors, the taco people, those were good tacos. They were here at church last service, the whole family. I thought that was so cool. And, um, But there's a lot of things. One of the things the staff said is this. We found a whole new group of volunteers. It wasn't the same old, same old people. And I think one of the ways that you could grow in your relationship with God is by serving the Lord, using your gifts. Maybe 2023, that's what God's gonna call you to do. Knowing Christ is essential. Then you get to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, you've heard me preach it a million times, and you're going to hear me preach it a million more. Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 39. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is the first of the greatest commandments. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's why I'm starting the sermon off this year this way. It's just a, a, a solo sermon, a standalone sermon. It's just because I want to give you some tools or at least some direction that you could chew on about how you're going to do 2023. And if nothing else, if you do knowing Christ more in 2023, you're going to have an amazing year. I didn't say you're going to have an easy year. I just said you're going to have an amazing year because the more you draw closer to Christ, the better life is. And then secondly, loving people. Pastor, what? Yeah, I've told you this. I love people that are lovable. (laughs) I love people that I like to love. It's those that I don't like to love. Uh, I'm going to get to it maybe in a later part of my sermon. We, we went out to, um, uh, what is it called? Santa Monica, 3rd Street Promenade. I haven't been there forever. Go there. It's cool. And um, it was cool except for the guys that thought they were preaching the gospel. Like this guy had a megaphone. I'm sorry if you're in here. No, I'm not because you need to hear this. But he had this box and a megaphone, and you could hear him almost all the way down the promenade. And he was telling everyone what sinners they were, and they're probably going to go get drunk tonight, and they'll go to hell if they do, and if they sleep with women. I don't know why he didn't say sleep with men, but sleep with women. I mean, he was just going off. And then coming back the other way, he had his partner doing the same thing. And I'm just, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. No wonder some people don't say yes to Jesus. But the point is simple. We've got to love people. And telling people how stupid they are is not loving people, even though they might be stupid. Because Jesus didn't do that to us. He loves us despite us sometimes, did not he? And he loved us even when we didn't deserve it. John fifteen nine through 17, as the Father has loved me, Jesus said, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now listen, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You see, Jesus loved us enough where he died for us, even though we didn't deserve it. So you know what? There's a lot of people in my life that, quote, unquote, I don't think deserve my love, but that shouldn't be what runs my brain and my life. Amen? I don't know about you. Maybe it's age. People seem to get a little bit more annoying to me. It's like bobblehead day in here. I, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, really? Really? you really said that or you really think that or you really believe that? Or you. And, and you know what? I just think people, yeah. And, and part of our culture is really feeding that. But what we need to be feeding culture is this, loving people like Jesus loved us, whether they deserve it or not. So 2023, one of the things that I think is really important is knowing Christ. And the second th- thing is loving people. And that, might, that, that fresh start, you know, that's like this toy again, right? <laughs> some people, it's like, whoosh. now that doesn't mean this way. It just means out of your heart and just go, you know what? I need to work on some forgiveness things. I need to work on some compassionate things. I need to work on some generosity things. I need to work on some dot, dot, dot things, amen, with people? Yes? Oh, it's just me? Okay. Thank you for the therapy session send me the bill the third thing is really important and i'm doing these in order of importance in my opinion is sharing christ so i told you i mean there is part of me yesterday went well at least they're doing something you know there was a moment where i'm like okay i'm going to stores and you know eating food and that kind of stuff these guys are at least trying something now (laughs) that was a short-lived thought because I thought it's a lot of, you know, that's really preaching anti what I think. But what it did do is it motivated me to say, well, how can I get out there and do it right then? How, you know, don't be so critical of them. At least they're doing something. But how can I go out and do something right? And that's share Christ. So in 2019, the year before COVID, I don't know if you know this, but we had 99 decisions for the Lord. If you know Pastor Kirby, that drove him crazy nuts. Because there was supposed to be a hundredth on Christmas Eve and that person got sick. <laughs> I said, well, you could baptize me again. I'll give my life to Christ. But, but all that to, to say, we were, you know, what was cool. We were on task. We were on mission. We're doing what the Lord wants us to do. In the last couple of years with COVID and stuff, we've still been doing that, but at a lesser level. And every life that gave their, person that gave their life to Christ, that's important, okay? So please hear me. But we live in a valley where there's 250,000 people within a five-mile radius of this campus, okay? We need more churches that are on task. And we need to make sure that we're not about Christmas Village and Harvest Festival and children's programs and a nice, clean facility, although every one of those things is amazing. But if we do all that but don't lead people to Christ, we're just another Starbucks or a Target. And so we got to make sure we're sharing Christ. So 2019, 99 people, my staff, my team doesn't even know this. The elders don't even know this. But I believe, I believe with all my heart, we could have a 99 plus decisions for Christ next year. Really, really I do. I mean, that's not, I mean, I re- but we have to be on mission. We have to be doing the knowing Christ and loving people, and that's what's going to be a direct result. Amen? I'm consulting with two churches right now, and it's breaking my heart because both churches, I think, are a mess. They're starting to figure out they're a mess, but they're a mess. And part of it is because there's power struggles between staff and elders. Part of it is because there's just members that are all caught up in their own little ministries and their own desires. And what's happening in those churches, both of them, they're not baptizing people. They're not bringing people to the Lord. And so what happens is when you're not on mission, you start looking at each other and you start shooting uh, bullets at each other. And you're not worried about what's going on there. You're worried about what's going on in your world and how your needs aren't being met. And I pray against that for this church and I pray against that for any church, amen? We need to stay on mission. The reason we have this facility is not to say wow and to stay out of the rain, but this facility is here to be used as a tool to equip us to go back out there. That's why the sign says when you're leaving here, now entering the mission field. Because our mission is to go and seek and save that which is lost, amen? And so maybe for some of you, as you're knowing Christ and loving people, maybe what you're praying for all year long is, God, let me bring one person to Christ this year. Let me baptize one person to Christ. Amen? Wouldn't that be amazing if all of us did that? I have a lot to say, but I'm gonna stop. There's some food for thought for you for 2023. 2023. But I want to bring up some friends that literally are on the front line doing what I just shared about. They are busy doing ministry. None of them would say that they're perfect at it, but they're faithful. And they're trying to stay the race. And so uniquely, we have some of our missionaries that are here. And so I want us to hear from them. And so the first one I'm going to bring up is Richard Godsell. So Richard, if you could come up, if you could welcome Richard. (laughs) Richard might look familiar to us, and uh, he's going to share why he might look familiar to us. But he is one of the missionaries that you support without maybe even knowing it. Uh, Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. So, Richard Godso, um, two questions right out the gate. Tell us about uh, you and your family. And then secondly, how do you know this place called West Valley Christian Church? Right,
1: Um, 1996, Um, I was called by Pastor Kirby to come be the youth pastor here at West Valley. I was here from 96 to 99. Taught at school. Uh, My two youngest uh, were involved in the youth ministry here and so on. Um, my wife has worked in the, the preschool area at the school. And so we have that history of West Valley. And been able to stay on board and see what's going on there. So uh, my, uh, my, all my children are growing up, married. We've got four grandchildren, Papa, rules. Um, and then, Do you um, want to play with this oh, with dude, me man, afterwards? Yeah. right, yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, my wife and I just celebrated 51 years of marriage. And it's, uh, we uh, are excited about that in fact she's right now she's back in Florida where we live right now uh at the children's director at age 70 so you know we're we're doing okay for our age we love love the Lord
0: that's awesome love
1: people
0: is that crazy youth <laughs> pastor so uh, you guys might not know that as of today I'm the youth pastor here so yes, uh, we yes. have that in common we, I told we're pastor bonding John now. <laughs> who used to be a youth pastor here we could all take a picture um but uh Richard we support you um yes. as a missionary so what what organization are you a part of? What is it that you do as a missionary?
1: All right. Uh, I was doing a lot of pastoral counseling the last few years. And I said, you know, Lord, I, 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 get, I counsel these people, but it's through the state and that I can't share Jesus. And I've got 40-something years of ministry. I want to share Jesus. And so i introduced a group of guys called Great Commission Alliance. Uh, we just celebrated, uh, yes, last night, five years of ministry. And uh, so they said, he said, do you want to go and, and share your love with people? And to meet people's needs all over the world, and I said, "Yeah." And and so uh, that's what we've been doing. And this past year, with your support and I uh, think we reached 30,000 people, training them how to share their faith in 23 countries. Mm-hmm. And through that, we reached 19,000 people for Jesus Christ. So you're all part of that. Yeah. So you guys have done that. Um, not only uh, in and outside the U.S., but we train people in the U.S. We just spent a couple times with uh, Josh McDowell doing uh, apologetics in four locations, and so we're here to imp- impact the churches in, in, in the United States, not to become complacent, but to live for Christ and share Christ and love others. That's that's so important because who's you know, the Great Commission? Who's going to do it? Just a couple people or all of us? And uh, interesting that if every Christian would disciple one person. Each year, uh, we could reach everybody in the world right now in seven years. So that's a gift of multiplication.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Whew, uh, Richard. Uh, what I appreciate about you—did um, did you? I'm getting really old, Richard. Did okay. you just say what countries you've been in last year?
1: Oh, in this past year, I was in Jordan, Uganda, uh, Nepal, India, and uh, we uh, a couple times in Dubai.
0: Is that awesome? Yeah. And let me say this. We talk about intergenerational ministry all the time. We say you're never too young to serve the Lord and we're never too old. And our, our older people love our younger people. Our younger people love our older people. Yeah. But Richard and so many of our people, do you catch that? 70 years old. And he's traveling all over the world. You're never too young, never too old to do God's work. Amen. Yeah. So honestly, I admire you for that. And, and like a Pastor Kirby and others that are rewiring, not not yeah. retiring, but rewiring. Yeah. So, um, and Richard just tells of a story that he um, literally just uh, was about two hours away from being arrested in India, yes. um, where 23 others were arrested for um, sharing the gospel. So, I mean... Th- be praying for Richard as he goes into these countries, because not only the food's different and the, the, the restrooms are different and the, where will you sleep, but yeah. really the culture is getting a little hot in some of these countries. So yeah. thank you for that, Richard. I want to ask
1: you oh yeah, can I share just uh, one story. When we were in Kathmandu in March, um, we were staying at a hotel, and one of my um, teammates went up, and this young lady was like, and, and she, said, he said, "Jesus loves you. Jesus, He's in my dreams." He's been telling me someone's going to call and, and tell me about him. I just got shivers again. But, you know, this, and so we got to share Jesus with her. And all of a sudden, she pulled out a necklace with a cross on it. She goes, what does this mean? She's Hindu. And so we were able to explain, and she accepted Christ. That just not only happens in those places, okay? Mm-hmm. But my teammates are in the, here in the United States, and they're in line. They said, you know, hey, what's the best thing that's ever happened in your life? And they share. And they say, well, can we tell you the best things happen in our life? And in one, one minute, we're able to share our testimony with them. And people are coming to the Lord on college campuses and supermarkets and stuff like that. People are hungry. They're
0: hopeless right now. Mm-hmm.
1: They need the hope of Jesus.
0: Amen. Right. What are you most excited about that's coming up?
1: Well, it's interesting. I'm hoping to be in Pakistan next month uh, to try and reach 10,000 youth. And also uh, reach out to the slave in, uh, ministries and the uh, um, sex trafficking. Um, March, I'm hoping to be in Uganda doing a marriage conference. And in April, we're going to be in Brazil, Bolivia, and uh, Colombia. Um, you know, we're reaching out to there. And I'm hoping to go back to the Philippines soon, too. So it's not that. We're also you know, doing United States stuff, too. But um, Lori says, you know, I never get to see you anymore. And I said, that, it, it strings our marriage, doesn't it? Oh, no. Um, but uh, so. That's awesome. is that exciting? Yeah.
0: I am. Um, so, I so appreciate Richard. I appreciate uh, that we're able to encourage and support. Yeah. And keep up the good work, brother. Right. Thank you. He's guys. got a table you're out there, and on the way out, love up on him, encourage him, and ask what he could pray for.
1: God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honey.
0: So we're going we're going long today. So I hope you're good with this, but you're going to be blessed by Richard, and then I want to um, ask if Zhenya Sved could come up here. Zhenya uh, and Amy and their two kids are here. Two of the three, and. Uh, you may know the Sveds. We've been partners for I think over 20 years. Amy, Amy grew up at our church. Uh, when I became a Christian, um, I remember her and uh, she. Uh, I said, "I want to say you were in junior high, and and I had just came." And uh, you know, Amy's got a crazy story. Her mom passed. She was a faithful part of this church when you were a teenager. Yeah. And then uh, I went to Bible college at Hope. You eventually went there. And then you ended up in Russia, and you met this guy. Um, And that's uh, some of you. uh, I haven't told a lot of stories because what happens in Russia and the Ukraine stays there. But Jim Cordell and I and Dave Pickler went there. And um, wow. Yeah, that country's probably never been the same. But uh, that's where I met you. And uh, I want to ask you, Zhenya, what, um, tell us a little bit about your family and then your relationship with West Valley Christian Church.
2: Good morning, church. Um, <clears throat> so I was introduced to one of the members of West Valley Christian Church in 1994 when this beautiful young lady came to Ukraine, uh, to the city of Kharkov, where I was just uh, Young student. Um, And then three years later, we were married and we came and I met West Valley Christian Church in person. And then two years later, um, the church laid hands on me and we were commissioned to go to Crimea uh, to work in Bible translation. Uh, We translated the Bible into Crimean Tatar. Uh, In the meantime, we produced four offspring, uh, three sons and one daughter, and two of them are right there. Um, They're all grown up, as you can see. We left to Crimea. Elijah was one years old. Um, And then, yeah, I continue to work in the area of Bible translation. Crimean Tatar Bible was translated and dedicated in 2016 uh, we also translated the Gospel of Mark into the language of the Urums, uh, and then since then I've been working with a cluster of Gypsy dialects, um, mainly in Ukraine, but also in Russia, and then another project in, the, in southern Siberia of Russia, and another project in the Russian Caucasus. Um, So that's our relationship with West Valley Christian Church. All through all of these years since, a long time ago, since last (laughs) century, you have been part of the ministry. Um, Not only with your finances and prayers, but also with physical presence, when you send people to help us build the playground and teach and do sports camps. And most recently uh, with all of the help that you've been providing for the Ukrainian refugees and our teammates and co-workers who are still in Ukraine ministering to the, ministering to the people.
0: Uh, I shared this. Um, so we also support Bi- Pioneer Bible Translations, and, and they had their whole display here in October. And your, they were blown away because the Bible that you translated was here, and they didn't know the complete relationship. But... Jenya doesn't know this but they said Rob Jenya's one of the best translators of the Bible in the world. And so, yes, so not true. Thank you. Thank you for this brilliant mind and he can't do it without his wife and family support. I threw him a curveball and I'm going to I'm going to throw the same curveball uh this 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 round and it's a, it's a hard one because it's real and it's in real time, and it touches you and your family um, greatly. But you guys are well aware of what's going on, at least from the news standpoint of the Ukraine. But you think about this family, that's where most of the kids were born, this is where they minister for 17 years, school, um, the, place, the playground and all that stuff. I mean, all that stuff is very personal. Um, I'm a part of a, a little prayer chain of, I don't know, maybe 15 people or something, so I get updates all the time of, just heartbreaking stories. And Zhenya, um, uh, I want to keep it real. And whatever you feel comfortable sharing with your family here on what they could pray for and maybe what you're personally dealing with in your heart with what's happening with the war in Ukraine, I- I'd like for you to share a little bit.
2: I thought the second time it was going to be easier. Um. Yeah, it has. Um, it has really been a time of exploring new, new emotions and feelings uh, over the last over the last year. The war has been going on for more than 300 days now, and our daily routine is praying for the people of Ukraine, watching the news from the, from the front lines, uh, watching the updates that we, from the people that we know. Um, and it has really been like a roller coaster. Um, there have been times when it was really down um, and everything seemed to be very hopeless, Um, I mentioned that I really appreciated the message of many of many Psalms Um, and sometimes it was like in the beginning of Psalm 22 my God, my God why have you forsaken me I cry out by day but you do not answer by night and I'm not silent then um, it was more of a feeling of submission and resignation, the words from a different psalm when, where it says that, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And then to other Verses where it says, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So the, the moments of uh, frustration and hopelessness to the moments of trusting. <clears throat> it seems that the songs in the beginning of the service were just addressed to that God's faithfulness. Every day, when we look at what is going on, uh, we cannot do anything else but trust on the faithfulness of God. And every single day, 300 days, seems like, like every one of them is like a long year. This time has really um, taught the churches to appreciate what is important. Um, When I was in Poland ministering to the Ukrainian refugee in March and then in April and was able to go to Ukraine in May and speak with some of the pastors who are dealing with everything that is going on uh, in Ukraine, one of them said, you know what, we... Uh, Before the war, we used to live, lead our normal lives, and then we read the Bible some, we prayed some, we shared the gospel some. But now, we really read the Bible, we really pray, and we really share the gospel in order to know how to live. There are churches, very much like the church that we're in right now, um... That used to be open on Saturdays and Sundays, and then during the week, you know, it was they were empty. Right now, during the week, all of the chairs are gone, and there are mattresses on the ground for all of the people who come by, the refugees who cannot go anywhere. For the Sunday service, the mattresses get stacked up on the wall, and the chairs go out, and the people praise. They gather every day to pray and they pray and when the air raid sirens go on they don't have anywhere to go they drop down to their knees and continue praying so the whole physical war i think has made the eyes of many people um open to the spiritual war that is going on Um, All of them say that during the days of the war, there have been so many more people who came to Christ and who came and wanted to make the decision than before the war. So, the disaster, the pain and the suffering on the one hand brought many lives of people into the kingdom of God. And this is what we are grateful for. Um in spite of our friends being in Ukraine. Yes, our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, they are there and they Mm -hmm. appreciate your prayers. Thank you.
0: Puts things in perspective, doesn't it, church? Um, Richard was up here. He's all over the world um, putting his life out there. Genia literally was there early on, um, talked to Amy early on, and praying for you. And he saw things that could never be unseen. And we got to pray for this fed family. Um, and pray for the Ukraine. Amen. Um, you know, there's been different seasons where the church has helped out financially. And we want to um, give you a check um, to help out um, with the needs that you are aware of. And so um, the church wants to give you a check for $6,000 to um, to give to whoever you need that needs help over there. And we know that's just a small thing, but um, we, we know that you guys are heavily involved and appreciate that you're on the front lines as we sit here in our purple chairs, to be honest. Um, can we pray? Father in heaven, um, we want to pray for this Fed family. We want to pray for Xenia specifically as uh, he leads his family through this difficult season. Thank you for his testimony of your word that he's drawn strength from Thank you for his vulnerability of um, the struggle that's so real. And of course, all of us would be. Um, Thank you for the Sved family that have come together. We pray for your angels to be surrounding them. And bless the Ukraine, Lord, as they continue to fight this battle. Thank you for the revival spiritually that's going on. But we would pray that the war would be done. And that would be our request, Lord. Uh, Be with the pastors and be with all the people over there. Give them wisdom, give them courage, give them strength. We also pray for Richard as he goes throughout the world, training people and ministering that you would also keep him healthy and keep him safe, Lord. Thank you. In the powerful name of Jesus, all God's people said. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you. This money, this coming week, we will start going to Ukraine to buy wood, to buy food, sometimes to buy presents for kids, chocolates, candy that they can't otherwise get. I appreciate Thank you so
0: much. Let's bow in prayer as we prepare our hearts for communion. Lord, thank you so much for the greatest sacrifice in the history of this world, and that was your son, Jesus Christ, dying for us on the cross. Lord, as we participate in the bread that we chew and the the juice that we drink, let those be reminders of your body and your blood that was sacrificed for us so that we may have life. Lord, it also represents this theme that we've talked about today, a fresh start. When we take this, it reminds us that the old is gone and the new has come. Because of your son, Jesus, bless those that partake. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.